We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash lawless. Just go to Indeed.com slash lawless right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed com slash lawless. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hello, Sunshine. I'm Alexi Lawless, and welcome to the State of the Union podcast, where we look at the beautiful game on and off the field through the lens of red, white, and blue-colored glasses. This special episode, we'll be interviewing the great writer, actor, and comedian Brendan Hunt. You may know him as Coach Beard from the wildly successful Ted Lasso show. And by the way, that Ted Lasso show is allegedly entering its final season, the third season. But we'll talk to him about that. Uh, And that drops this week. I'll also be giving you my top five soccer movies, and I'm sure people will disagree. And my good friend David Mossy will be giving you his top five, I think it's going to be five, but it's difficult for him, uh, movies of 2022 and so much more. But first joining me, as always, the aforementioned David Mossy, my friend, my colleague, my guiding light, a soccer savant and a Fox soccer researcher and writer extraordinaire. Mossy, how you doing on this Friday, March 10th in the year 2023. I am doing very well. Excited to have a big star as a guest on our show today. Yes, indeed. I mean, well, look, he's a uh, star of stage and screen. Uh, did you uh, watch anything uh, over the uh, over the weekend? Uh, I am off and running on The Last of Us. I've watched the first episode. That's the HBO series that's attracting a lot of buzz. Uh, so far, so good. I'm excited to continue watching it. I've also watched the first two episodes of the third season of The Mandalorian. Ooh, really? You're back to The Mandalorian. Uh, I mentioned last week that I was waiting for this uh, Netflix documentary to drop called uh, MH370, the plane that disappeared about that uh, Malaysian Air uh, flight that just completely disappeared and it still hasn't been found after all these years. Finally got a chance to watch it. It's a little, you know, tin hat, uh, uh, you know, tin foily, uh, conspiratorial in different sections, but it still is amazing, I- interesting, and just blows my mind that we cannot find uh, this damn plane and what the hell happened to it uh, these many years later. It's just, it's just absolutely uh, insane. And I think, I think worth the watch. Uh, anything else? All right, listen, uh, let, let's not uh, bury the lead. As I mentioned, we have an interview with Brendan Hart, Hunt so, uh, from, uh, uh, from Ted Lasso with the uh, third season dropping here. And it's an incredible privilege and honor to talk to this man. So let's get to that right now. 
All right. Well, welcome into the State of the Union, the great Brendan Hunt. Uh, welcome, Brendan, to the uh, to the show, uh, and congratulations on all the success of the show. And we are on the eve of the dropping of the third season, maybe the final season. And I guess I'll start there. Is this going to be the final season of Ted Lasso? Maybe. <laughs> uh, it's definitely the final season of the story we set out to tell, because you know we never could have imagined that people would want us to tell anything more than that. So uh, we're going to wrap this bit up and then we're going to take a little break and then yeah, it may come back in some other form or a similar form down the road, or it may not come back at all. Everything's on the table. Oh my goodness. Well, the, the best compliment that I can give to you uh, and the entire crew over there is that I have a, uh, well, it's a pretty hard rule in that I do not watch, and David can attest to this, I do not watch anything that is not complete, in that I don't want to be beholden to the man. I want to be able to binge it from start to finish. And yet, Ted Lasso is the one of very, well, it's probably the one exception that I have made over the years in that I am watching it, and therefore I am beholden to the man. The man is you, but the third season is upon us. All right, listen, you've been asked every single question and all sorts of easy ones and stuff like that, but I want to start here. Ted Lasso is now in the psyche, not just of America, but around the world. However, there are those that say, including uh, Jim Curtin, the, ke the coach of Philadelphia, that it is actually damaging. Do you think that Ted Lasso is damaging to either the American soccer coach, the American soccer player, or American soccer? Um, I mean, uh, all respect to Jim Curtin, Chicago Fire legend. I mean, I'm from Chicago. I know Jim, and I, I've had no reason to uh, to to. To, uh, to think ill of him up to here now. I mean, he started wearing glasses, got all smart looking. Uh, <laughs> kind of looks like Tim Cook's older brother, let's be honest. Um, and um, But him saying that, uh, you know, and he was only joking too, but him saying that, um, that you know, we are we are the setback uh, for coaches and for Jesse Marsh particularly. I mean, I mean, Jesse didn't even get hired until both seasons of Ted Lasso were out. So uh, that logic doesn't even particularly hold up. And... With all respect to Jesse, we we didn't we didn't lose all those games uh, for 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 Jesse, um, so uh, it's not our fault. Um, as for the American player, I don't think we have any effect on the American player who is already doing so well in Europe. And as for American soccer in general, um, I think I think history will show in the long run that we were a net positive. What what do you what would you point to in terms of the positive impact of Ted Lasso? Um, I think we are making people give a shit about soccer in this country. Like we're reaching people, you know, kind of like but via an end around um, who had already, you know, crossed their arms and said, it's not for me. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm football or hockey. Um, uh, so we're getting into people's houses and if we're getting in people's houses, that means we're getting their children. And if we're getting their children, then we are deepening the player pool and, and we will be happy in the long run. Uh, Brendan, to go back to the beginning, when the Ted Lasso commercials aired on NBC promoting their Premier League coverage, everybody loved those. But there was some skepticism when it was announced that it was going to be turned into a full-blown TV show. What made you guys think there was a show there and that the Ted Lasso character could be fleshed out to that degree? Um, well, I mean, honestly, we weren't entirely sure there was more there. Um, but we just had such a good time making the first one. And then the second one that, uh, you know, Jason... You know, grabbed me and, and Joe Kelly, who'd been doing the first two. I'm like, I think there's something more here. Let's figure out what it is. Um, but the key turned out to be a, a moment in the second uh, year video where he's no longer working for Tottenham. He's now like coaching uh, a young girls team 
and he has this like nostalgia for England and um um but he's really like he cares about his his players you know he sits down with them he, I think he says something like okay seventh grade coming up a lot of changes <laughs> and and that was that was the doorway to this deeper Ted because people's skepticism was not crazy if it had been a half hour version of the first video especially of him just being ugly American and uh and us doing Americans don't know soccer jokes for a full half hour, that would have worn thin. But we uh, we anticipated that, we saw it coming, and we took steps to make it deeper. Why does Ted Lasso work with soccer? I mean, does it specifically work with soccer, or would it work with, with any sport? Why do, you th- why do you think soccer really has brought out this character and obviously brought out the popularity? Um, I don't entirely know since it was like like soccer was kind of the chicken and the egg. It was like, here's this soccer thing, because NBC hired us, you know, what can we do with that? And we worked with this company called Brooklyn Brothers and eventually came up with this idea of this, uh, of, uh, of, of what became Ted Lasso. And, um, and, the, and we just love soccer. And then getting, you know, getting the Ted part of it was like, okay, well, he's going to be the fish out of water here. It, it, let's, let's make him as far away from soccer as humanly possible. Um, and that seemed to be, yeah, American college football coach. Um, and, once we're there, I'm not sure which is the uh, the chicken or the egg, but I think it was not really all that intentional to say like, oh, soccer's the one that'll set it up. But I think I think soccer is the only way it works. Uh, promotion relegation doesn't exist in American soccer. Lots of people think it should exist, but it's so intrinsic to the plot of Ted Lasso. Did you have any concern that the casual American viewer wouldn't understand this concept of a team moving up and down divisions? Uh, we did, and anytime we come up with some plot point that is like very like soccer specific we uh we breadcrumb it a little bit sort of throughout an episode and like we teach it to the audience without them knowing that we're teaching it to them um and uh relegation is got you know exactly that treatment um but i was really glad that we were able to finish the season with relegation because it was part of like the you know um inverting you know, sports movie expectations and tropes like when when the season starts at least some of the audience is thinking like oh He's going to get this ragtag bunch of misfits, you know, all the way to the title. Um, But like, that's not soccer. That can't happen. That is there's no playoffs. That's just not happening. What you can do is try to have the drama of staving off relegation. And the idea of the big sports moment that we're crescendoing to not being a championship, but just staying alive, I thought was a was, was a pretty damn fun thing to be able to do. And obviously uniquely soccer. You are not only an incredible actor, but you're an incredible writer. And you've talked a little bit about flushing out the uh, the character of Ted Lasso. I'm curious, do you think that a Ted Lasso could actually exist? Or is he some idealistic, Chauncey Gardner-esque, angelic type of figure that can only exist on a TV show? I think he does exist. I'm not sure he can exist at the highest levels of professional sport. Um, that That might be pushing it. But you know, we're drawing on real sources here. You know, Jason is, uh, you know, had a had a had a pretty good basketball thing going, you know, into high school. Um, and he had a couple of coaches who were this same sort of Midwestern homespun, you know, um, idiom spouting uh, good dudes. So this isn't such a fantasy to us. This is this is in, in keeping with not only basketball coaches that he had, but, you know, uh, acting teachers and and scene design teachers that I had, you know, at theater school in normal Illinois. So that's kind of what we're getting at here is like, this isn't, this isn't a, so much a fantasy people like this, this is how we can all be with each other, despite whatever demons we may have as Ted has too. 
I know you spent some time in Amsterdam, which is how you fell in love with the game. What would you say are the biggest differences between European and American soccer culture? Um, interesting. Like, I think our, I think American soccer culture is, is still sort of, um, uh, divided up into a lot of little subcultures, um, in a way that's not necessarily bad, but like, um, you know, the hardcore fans of the women's team are, have a slightly different thing going than of the men's team. And, you know, the way, the way that fans are at, you know, at MLS games is different than they are at other games. Whereas, you know, Europe tends to be balls to the walls every single game in every corner of the stadium, no matter what is going on. Um, so I think we're just not there yet in sort of like scope and, uh, and, and unanimity, if that makes sense. A uh, couple more questions about Ted Lasso, and then I want to talk to you about, uh, like you mentioned, men's teams, women's team, and, uh, and American soccer in general. Um, I know they're all your babies, uh, but if you had to pick, what what episode are you most proud of, either from an acting perspective or a writing perspective or both? Um, my favorite episode is uh, No Weddings and a Funeral, um, uh, because I think that one does the best job of a thing we try to do in almost every episode of like, you know, hitting you with, with the heartache and the hijinks, um, you know, back to back, um, and to successfully Rick roll a funeral. Um, that's, that's a, that's a feather in the cap that will not be unglued. What's the best part of the fame that has come from Ted Lasso from you, from a personal perspective? Besides being here? Besides, yeah, besides this, I know this is, uh, this is pretty much the pinnacle, but, um, you know, uh, I, a big, a, a big, a big one is being able to sort of, you know, um, uh, consort uh, with with national team um, folks. You know, like getting to go to games, and now I can just basically like call and like, hey, you guys got a, a ticket or two. You know, I was able to go to my first USA Mexico game with the two uh, nil in Cincinnati a couple of years ago, um, and like, you know, I met, I went to the Gold Cup final. The Gold Cup final was the first time that uh, it was in Vegas, but the first time that like. I was I was walking into a, like a national team hierarchy, and you know when you walk in the room, and I'm wearing star spangled pants. Everyone else is wearing suits because you know they're professionals. Uh, but people like you know, fucking Brian McBride and, and Ernie Stewart going, "Hey, <laughs> like wait, me? You're looking at me?" Um, so uh, so that's been pretty cool, and 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 I uh, I you know I'm trying to just hold on to that uh, hold on to that comment for the next three years so I can get into you know the occasional game or two in 2026. Uh, one of the most talked about episodes was one that aired in the second season, Beard After Hours, where you had this crazy night out with AFC Richmond supporters. Uh, talk to me about the conception of that episode and how fun was it to execute? Um, yeah, so, you know, in a given season, you know, it might be 10 episodes. And at that point, our season was 10 episodes. Uh, season one had been shot and filmed, but had not come out yet. We were writing season two. And we assume to be 10 episodes again. And you have a little bit of a discard pile, no matter how many episodes you have. Like, oh, we didn't get to these stories, maybe next year. Um, but then season one comes out. And whatever Apple's algorithms told them in that small sample size that first weekend, they called us on Monday and were like, season two is picked up. You're not just writing it. We're going to shoot it. And also, uh, two more episodes. You get two more episodes. Congratulations! Um, but we already basically put the season together, so we couldn't just put something in. So we had to pick two ideas from the discard pile that could kind of be self-contained and thus not mess up like the lattice work of the season we'd already put together. 
Um, one was the Christmas episode, and then one was uh, was Beard After Hours. And um, uh, once that was on the pile, uh, which was Jason's selection, then uh, Brett Goldstein and Joe Kelly kind of like took it and was like, we will handle this. And then I wasn't allowed to see the script till like a week before we shot. And even that was because I was banging on their door like, guys, I got lines to learn. I got stuff to do. I need to see the goddamn script. And they're like, fine. Um, so it was its own thing. We we will never have anything else like it. Um, it's very unique circumstances, but I, I sure as hell enjoyed it while we were doing it. <laughs> All right, let's talk about some important things here. Uh, American soccer. Real quick, um, favorite uh, men's player ever for you? Um, uh, uh, Tony Sane. Okay. Favorite women's player? Um, uh, Alex Morgan. All right. Uh, if I no, put... no. Megan Rapinoe. Megan Rapinoe. You're... you're... Oh, wow. You just shut down Alex and you went to Megan. All right. Sorry, fine. Alex. I forgot. That's all right. It's cool. It's not, not a problem. All right. If I gave you all the power in the world and now you are a soccer person, you have been and you and you continue to be. If I gave you all the power in the world, you get to choose the next manager for the U.S. men's national team leading up to the 26th World Cup. Who are you picking? Uh, the ghost of Johan Krauss. All right. If we didn't have not a ghost, if we actually had to have oh. a living uh, being. I mean, gosh, he's still kicking around, but like, I would want it to be out. If, if we're going to go the international route and it sounds like we might be, um, uh, I, I, who's hitting, I guess. Like I want some, some Dutch, like, you know, uh, grandfather to come in, be, you know, give like tough love, but like expanded thinking, um, and get everybody going. And like, you know, who's has gone to a few programs now and, and kicked them up a notch, you know, South Korea and Russia. So yeah. Who's hitting? Well, it was the Dutch that knocked the U.S. out of this last World Cup. Uh, what did you make of the U.S.'s performance in this last World Cup, particularly the England match, since through Ted Lasso, you're now very familiar with the soccer culture in both these countries? <laughs> um, well, you know, as you guys well know, com coming off not making 2018, uh, getting to 2022 was was such, uh, you know, a, a reclaiming of status. And then anytime we're there, it's like, OK, just get out of the just get out of the group stage. And to do that, you know, we're still. We still have humble goals, I'm afraid. You know, I, I don't I didn't really see us getting past that, especially if we were going to be playing Holland. Um, and that game on a personal level was 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 just no fun at all because I, I like to root for Holland. But this was a Holland win that brought me no joy whatsoever. So I feel like 2022 is just like a, a, a reversion of, of where the status quo should be. You know, we were we're there. We're mainstays. We're going to be at least a bit of a force. But. Also, given how young this team is and how, you know, how much potential they have and like what they've already done with their careers. My God, it's exciting to see what those same guys are going to do um, in their primes in 2026. We talk a lot on the uh, State of the Union podcast here about the, the American soccer community and bringing people in, uh, you know, making the tent bigger, being more inclusive. Uh, but we also are honest with ourselves and we can be incredibly insecure and have that inferiority, inferiority complex and all that. When you look out at the soccer landscape in the United States, what is the best part of it and what is the worst part of it? I'd say um, the, the best part of it is... The, you know, the degree to which the country is starting to get a, uh, a hold on, on club football and how fun club football can be in this country. Um, you know, I think the national teams were, were a bit ahead of the curve of the rest of that. But now people are realizing, oh, MLS, you know, if we're doing too much of, of measuring it against other leagues, you're kind of you're missing the point. Like, go, go to the games. And people are, are, are doing that and discovering that it's its own thing that can be pretty damn fun. Um, and the worst thing, as with so many other bits of culture, is trolls. 
fucking trolls, you know, Berhalter out, et cetera, et cetera. You know, as an example, like Greg Berhalter did literally every single thing that was asked of him. And yet, nonetheless, every step of the way, just piles and piles of Berhalter out. And like, I, I just I just don't know what you people want. And it's a shame that you're so fucking loud. Amen. Amen. What else, Mossy? Anything else? Yeah. So how far do you think the U.S. can go in this next World Cup 2026 at home with this talented generation of players all being in their primes? How far can we go? We can win it. You know, we're in we're in why not us territory here. Um, three more years of, of Weston and, and Christian and Tyler and and Brendan and on and on and on. Um, and we, we're going to have more striker options as well. We're going to have the best home support of any home team at a World Cup ever. The sky's the limit. Now, the reality of that, we'll see injuries, et cetera. But, but right now, it, it's, it's okay to hashtag believe. Love it. Uh, my last question to you, and it's a, a much more you know, big picture type of question, as to where are you going to go? What are you going to do? Uh, you mentioned that this, this may be the last version of, of Ted Lasso that we see here, but what are your aspirations when it comes to writing, when it comes to acting, when it comes to doing things that maybe have nothing to do with acting and, uh, and writing going forward? Yeah, so like... Allegedly, this show is going to uh, is going to open doors for me, um, but I haven't been able to do any of that because I've been too busy still making this show. Um, and now I'm out promoting this show, and we're still finishing posts as well. Like the season three is not totally finished editing wise, but um, now you know I'm going to be pitching some TV shows around, see what happens. Uh, you know, I'm also a playwright. I had a play that got canceled because of COVID, like three days before Tech Weekend. You know, the sets were up. This big theater in, in LA. Uh, I want to get that back going, but you know, at the same time, it'll be fun to show up on set for something where um, I'm not in charge of anything, and all I have to do is say words and go home. Um, I just, I just like working, just like being busy in any way I can take it. Two words for you: victory remake. Ah, yeah, listening. Uh, listening. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, I think it's the greatest soccer movie slash movie out there uh and i will fight to the death and i will die on that hill when it comes to uh when it comes to victory and it's the first time that i was introduced to the, the late great uh pale eight have you seen the movie uh only like 30 times oh, my man that's what i'm talking about all right listen they remake everything and i don't know how you improve on a classic and a legendary uh, film like that but if anybody can do it thank you so much for joining the state of the union podcast uh and congratulations on all your success i, I know i've told you this in person and i've told others in the cast this one of the it, it's a it's a show with a heart but it's also a show from a soccer perspective where it it, it, it laughs much more with us uh, than at us, and uh, it doesn't take itself too seriously, and it's just fun, and it's full of joy, and it's full of kindness, and it's full of lessons, and that comes from a lot of different people, including yourself, and it absolutely plays, so I can't be uh, more excited and proud to have you on the show, and more excited to watch the, uh, the third season. If it's the last one, that's a hell of a way to go out, and if there's more, uh, the more the better as far as I'm concerned, my friend. Well, thank you for all that, and thank you for breaking your binge rule. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all right, the great Brendan Hunt. Uh, season three of Ted Lasso drops this week, so check him and the entire cast out throughout this season. We're going to take a quick break and come back on the other side. Don't go anywhere. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. 
From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. All right, welcome back. Hope you enjoyed our interview with uh, the great Brendan Hunt. Uh, it was really interesting to hear him talk about not only the show, but a lot of different things uh, out there. And he is, uh, when you meet him in person, one of the nicest people that you will, uh, you will ever meet, and obviously an incredible talent. All right, so what we thought was, I'm going to give you uh, my top five uh, soccer movies out there. Now, these are full length. Uh, these are not documentary uh, and these are my top five and you could do 10. And as with many lists, I'm sure there are going to be people that agree and plenty of people that disagree. All right. So coming in at number five, and I, I had questions, but I ultimately went with this is fever pitch. Now, when you say fever pitch, there are some that talk about the movie in, in 2005 with Jimmy Fallon. I'm not talking about that piece of crap. Okay. I actually, it wasn't a piece of crap. It was, it was better than, than I thought it was going to be. I'm talking about the original fever pitch film in 1997, starring Colin Firth, uh, off of the, uh, great Nick Hornby, uh, book that it was based. Uh, I thought it was wonderful. And look, when you say soccer movies, sometimes soccer plays a part, but it's not necessarily all about soccer. Uh, but that definitely that one coming in at number five. And like I said, not the Boston one uh, with, uh, with Jimmy Fallon, the remake that it was done uh, years later. So that's at number five. Now, when I made this list, I fully recognize that I bring my bias with me. And you will see it here in the next uh, two selections because it's not as if they were acclaimed, won any awards, uh, or even are known by a lot of people out there. Number four, The Big Green. Uh, coming in uh, number four, this was released in 1995. And you say, now why would uh, Alexi uh, pick that as number four? Well, Yours Truly actually has a song on the soundtrack. If you watch this movie to completion, not everybody did, but if you are someone that does watch this movie to completion, you will see the credits scroll at the end, and uh, my song Kickin' Balls will show up at the end of the movie. Now, this uh, gives me a vested interest in this movie, and I thought it was good. It's good for the kids. And ultimately, I still get residual checks when it comes to that song placement in the big green. Uh, the song is kicking balls. Uh, number three, and again, this is near and dear to my heart and to a certain extent my wallet, is Switching Goals. Now, this is one of however many hundreds of movies that the great Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen did over their career. This came out in 1999, and yours truly also has a place in this movie. I did a guest shot. It was shot up in... Um, in Canada, I vividly remember going up there and just seeing this incredible machine that is the Mary-Kate and Ashley, uh, uh, like I said, machine of producing stuff. Uh, it's about these two uh, twins, obviously, that switch places. One was really good at soccer, one wasn't so good at soccer, and they switch, and hijinks ensue. And at one point, I show up, and I give them some pointers, and uh, yes, Mossy? Can you tell which is which? Hell no. Absolutely not. But I can, I, I could... I didn't didn't matter when I cashed the check or the residuals that continue to come to this day. I will get, you know, 40 cents here or a dollar here and stuff like that. And if I am getting that simply for just making a cameo in one of these movies, think of how much money <laughs> these two now young women uh, and incredibly smart business uh, women uh, are generating. I mean, it's the reason why they were billionaires at a young age. 
I checked, and the Academy Awards that year, Michael Caine won for Best Supporting Actor in the Cider House Rules. You, my friend, were robbed. I was robbed. Uh, it's ridiculous. But, you know, they, they look down on a Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen uh, production, and that's just, that's on them, really. Okay, then we get into number two, The Damned United. And this is obviously about soccer, but it's so much more, I think, certainly from a... Um, from an acting perspective and a writing perspective, this is a whole nother, nother level. And that it involves soccer just makes it that much more interesting. You don't have to like soccer to enjoy this movie, uh, but it certainly helps. And uh, I have come to find out that my good friend David Mossy has not seen this, which is absolute sacrilege if uh, working in the soccer space. So his homework is to go and watch this movie. Uh, is there a reason why? Have you just bashed over it over the years? Yeah, just slipped through the cracks, but I will definitely check it out. It's really, really good. Uh, so that's number two. And then number one, and if you listen to our interview with Brendan Hunt, you will uh, recognize that there is only one. There can only be one. And that is the great victory. And over here in the U.S., we call it victory. That's what it was named. As I mentioned before, this was my first introduction to Pele. I don't know. <laughs> we, we, we talked to Brendan about possibly a remake of this. I don't know if a Nazi concentration camp uh, soccer movie is something that people would make or even could make nowadays. But if you haven't seen it, speaking of Michael Caine in it, the great Pele, Sylvester Stallone, uh, you should check it out because it, it, it just hits on so many different uh, levels. You got, you know, you got Pele doing a bicycle kick. You got uh, Sly uh, in goal in order to escape and all the intrigue that, uh, that goes on. And then you got Michael Caine as the uh, as the coach and the manager of this uh, of this team. And it's just oh, it's such a beautiful, wonderful movie. And it holds up. If you haven't seen it lately, it holds up. Mossy, uh, you don't have a list when it comes to the uh, your uh, your five uh, your five favorites here, but you do have some homework here. You have seen Victory, right? Yes. Frankly, what this list tells me is there haven't been a lot of great soccer movies, so they need to make more. Well, there are there is a wonderful and very deep and rich uh, well of soccer documentaries, but actual soccer movies feature length. Uh, it, it is kind of slim pickings, which which is strange considering the popularity of uh, uh, of soccer. Um, all right. Anything to add before we uh, we take another quick break? Let's do it. All right. Let's take a quick break. When we come back. Speaking of Mossy and lists, evidently somebody is asking for Mossy's list of some films. So he'll give us that when we come back. Don't go in. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Okay, welcome back, and it's time for Ask Alexi, that uh, part of the show where you send in uh, questions, either using that hashtag Ask Alexi on all the uh, social media platforms out there, and keep in mind that our platform handles uh, out there on social media are SOTU with Alexi, or you can call in to our State of the Union podcast hotline, which is 657-549-2297, 657-549-2297, and I think we have a special call this week that might apply to my good friend Mossy. Is that the case? 
Sounds like it. Let's take a listen. Hey, Alexi and Mossy. This is Sam from Santa Ana, California. Uh, this question is actually for Mossy. Mossy, I know you're a big movie guy. Uh, you like to watch all the Oscar Best Picture movies and such. And with the Oscars coming up this weekend on the 12th, I was wondering uh, what your top 10 movies of 2022 were. Your personal top 10. They don't have to be Oscar movies. It can be any movie in 2022. Uh love to hear it. If you, I know this is a soccer channel, but uh, you talk a lot about movies and love to hear what your top 10 is. And Alexi, if you've seen enough movies in 2022, go ahead and give yours. All right. Thanks, guys. Uh, good job on the pod. Bye-bye. All right. Thank you, uh, Sam from uh, from California. And thank you for that question. Hey, listen, you, you don't have to call in and ask soccer questions. You can ask any type of questions and we may or may not use it. This one uh, applies to Mossy because I do think that there are people out there, including Sam, including my mother, who who value your advice. And uh, when you say something is good, People look at it and say, all right, well, Mossy likes it, so I might want to read it or, or watch it. So we gave you this task, and we said to limit to five. So we'll see if you can <laughs> live up to that. What do you got? Yeah, he asked for 10. For the sake of time, we were going to cut it down to five, but I've asked producer Sean Sullivan if I can do six, and he signed off on it. Because so. God forbid you follow the directions. All right, so you want to do six. All right, this is Mossy's top six movies of 2023. And I'm going to count down. Well, that makes sense, right? Number six, Argentina 1985, which I know is a movie you loathed, oh, but, I, but I enjoyed. God. About the prosecution of the military dictatorship. Uh, you are apparently pro-torture. Is that why you didn't <laughs> care for the film? Um, moving on. Number five, to show that I'm not just well, an artsy fartsy guy. So, but why did, you like the, why did you like it? Oh, I found it very compelling. I didn't find it compelling at all. Now, the story is compelling. I don't think they did it justice. And it it, it almost like an after-school special or a lifetime type of movie in terms of uh, the way that they did it. So I did not find it compelling at all. Number five, to show that I'm not just an artsy-fartsy guy, Top Gun Maverick. What a film, huh? Tom Cruise still bringing it? Yep, yep. So I've seen both of these. All right, that's good. At least I can compare and contrast. I would never put Top Gun Maverick at number four. but Number five, I see. You said, oh, right, because you have six. All right, so number five. We'd never put it at number five. You think that's too generous? There, if I'm doing this list, there is only one. That's it. Top Gun. Boom. Top Gun Maverick. There's no list of five or six or anything like that. That's it. Done. Fair enough. Uh, number four, this might be recency bias. It's the most recent Oscar film I saw was Women Talking. Uh, very powerful. It's about this group of women in a religious colony who have been drugged and raped and the whole movie, it plays out like like 12 Angry Men. It's uh, these women in a room just debating what they should do, whether they should confront the men or just flee the colony. Very well done. Very powerful. You know, it was recently International Women's Day. So I've had women on the brain. And so... <laughs> so it's... The whole movie is a, a group of women in a room... Talking. Are, talking? Yes. Okay. Is that... Are you crossing that off then? <laughs> no. I, I, if you recommend it, then I will watch it. And you seem to think that, uh, that, that it's good, so I will check it out. Number three, The Fablemans. This is the Steven Spielberg uh, yes, I've heard about coming of age yes. film. I actually, uh, Andy Greenwald ripped this film on The Watch, which is a podcast I listen to about TV and pop culture. So that made me question myself, but, but I did enjoy it, so I'm going to put it up there. Uh, I thought it was very well done, compelling, enjoyed the performances in it. Okay, before before you uh, give us your number one, uh, this was a obviously a uh, a Spielberg 
not that that not that other movies aren't near and dear to him, but this was about his family, and so he's using his past. Where does it rank in terms of Spielberg movies? I mean, is it as good as insert whatever of the? I mean, he's had such a varied uh, career. It's hard to contextualize your Jurassic Parks and Jaws and Indiana Jones with the more quote unquote serious movies, the Schindler's List and Saving Private Ryan. Or but even, is, is, it, is it as good as Schindler's List? No. Okay. No. Is it as good as Jurassic I, Park? A movie I love that I actually rewatched recently is Munich that he did. Oh, it's great. If, yeah. you, if you remove that ridiculous sex scene at the end, um, I think it's- Because you, you don't like sex. All right. Got it. All right. Um, there we go. All right. And uh, what's number was, one? So we're, we're down to number two. Number two. Got which, it. Which is another movie you did not enjoy. So we're going to butt oh, heads here again. Wonderful. Number two, The Banshees of Inisherin. Oh, the freaking <laughs> Banshees. Oh. Maybe I should watch it again. Maybe I watched the wrong movie. I don't know. Colin Farrell, what a performance, huh? A great actor. What do you mean, what a performance? Uh, it's, uh, okay. The Banshees. Uh, Keith Costigan, obsessed with this film, by the way. He's he is? He's been tweeting up a storm about it. So next time you two call a game together, I will bring this up and get you two arguing okay. about it. Wonderful. Number one, my favorite movie of 2022 is Tar. I thought this was a masterpiece. Kate Blanchett at her absolute best. What's it about? Uh, she is this great uh, uh, composer, conductor, who is the top of her game. And then this uh, controversy from her past rears its ugly head and, and sort of destroys her career. It's sort of a commentary on cancel culture, and it's very well done. Ooh, all right. I got to check this one out. Tar. I, I've heard you talk about it before, but I haven't really watched it yet. I get, uh, I get all of these in the mail from the Screen Actors Guild and stuff like that. So, so right. Some of the honorable mentions, All Quiet on the Western Front, I enjoyed, but there have been a lot of war movies in recent years. It's hard for one to really stand out at this point. And then Everything Everywhere All at Once, uh, I enjoyed it when I watched it, but it didn't stay with me as much as it did other people for some reason. Very good film, enjoyed it, entertaining, but I would not put it up there with some of these other... Uh, before we move on from movies, um, our director, Aaron, contributed to the soccer movie discussion with Air Bud. Mm, no. And and she's been asked to leave. Right, she won't, exactly. Uh, I mean, it, Air Bud. Yes, Air she, Bud did she, a, she got in my ear and said it twice. Really? I ignored her the I first that time. Was a basketball. She movie. felt so strongly about it. She got in my ear again. Was there a soccer movie? I mean, oh, okay. They, uh, there's a bunch of different things. Now, within movies, there are soccer scenes that are kind of uh, you know awesome and and interesting. Um, I can't remember the name of it, but anyway. Uh, tell, but tell us what your favorite soccer movies, let alone soccer scenes out there, if you have them, or if you agree or disagree with Mossy, please let him know. Um, and if you agree with anything that I contributed when it came to this uh, segment, certainly let me know. Anything else, Mossy? That's it. All right, let's take another quick break. And when we come back, we'll round out the show with my uh, one for the road. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. 
Okay, welcome back. Uh, it is the end of our show. I hope you've been, uh, enjoyed it. But at the end of each and every show, I give you my one for the road. Mossy, I was fortunate enough today, um, this morning, actually, to be invited to speak and meet our under-15 men's national team. I guess, I guess you could call them boys, but, you know, they're, they're young men. And uh, they are in uh, training camp right now. Uh, they are coached by Tom Heineman, uh, who was nice enough to invite me out. Uh, and uh, Chris Kanopka, the goalkeeper coach, uh, reached out. And they invited me down to speak right before they headed out to uh, play one of the, uh, the games. This is, you know, the baby national teamers. This is potentially the future crop of national teamers and U.S. stars. And I, I, I stood up in front of them and I looked out. And to a certain extent, I saw myself in them, but I also recognized that things have dramatically changed and the opportunities and the pathways and the resources that they have are drastically different uh, in, in a positive way than I ever had. But I also uh, told them a story about the very first national team camp that I was ever invited to. And I was you know, 16 years old-ish and I went out to Colorado Springs and we were in... Uh, room groups of four. We would stay in a uh, room with four other young men. And by the end of the week-long camp that was picking this U.S. national team, uh, of the four in my room, three made the team. One didn't, and you're looking at him uh, right now. I only say that, and this is what I was trying to explain to, to them, that their careers are going to go up and down. And they are not only developing as soccer players, but developing as young, young men. Their bodies are developing. Their minds are developing. But I looked out, and I just wanted to impress upon them the opportunity that they have and how there are thousands of others that would love to be on the national team, albeit a youth national team, and to represent what I feel is the greatest country in the world. And I looked out, and it made me incredibly proud and, to a certain extent, nostalgic. Um, but to see this young crop of players and where they are embarking, uh, what, they are, what they are doing. And I don't know how many of them ultimately are going to quote unquote make it. The reality is when you look at the numbers is that very few of them ultimately will, will make it and will be able to represent the country at the, uh, at the highest level. But they are still part of that club at a young age. And to see you know, the, the, the hopes and dreams in, in their eyes to see the motivation, um, but also to recognize that there are others that aren't so fortunate as to be either identified or invited in in this moment that are waiting in the wings and that will develop at different speeds that will come and challenge. And, you know, my message to them was don't take this opportunity and don't take this honor for granted. Because as soon as you do that, there will be somebody else. And by the way, while that might hurt you individually, that's a good thing. The more of that we have, the better off we are going to be as a soccer team. And the final thing that I told them was they have a responsibility, not necessarily in terms of kicking the ball for the country, but they have a responsibility to represent themselves, to represent the country, to represent the clubs that they all come from on and off the field. And they may, like I said, go on to be incredible soccer players, 
but I'm much more concerned that they go on to be incredible people and to lead this country. And so it was just, I mean, as a 52-year-old who has been around a while and seen the, the incredible evolution and growth of this game, it was just really cool, first off, to be invited and to be able to to hang out and to stand in front of these uh, these players that are just starting their their careers and to talk to them about the club that they are now a part of. And whether you represent your country at the highest level on the full national team or the under-15 national team, you're still representing your country. And, you know, to not take it, uh, not take it for granted. I, I like to think that I milked it for all it was worth and didn't take it for granted. I'm sure there were times where I thought my you-know-what doesn't stink. And I had different people in my life that would, uh, would remind me or I'd get knocked down a peg or two. Everybody kind of, uh, kind of needs that. But I also looked at the advantages and the opportunities that they have. And it made me incredibly proud that this group standing and sitting in front of me had those opportunities and have those opportunities uh, going forward. So thank you to, the, uh, to U.S. Soccer and thank you to the coaching staff of the under-15 uh, boys national team. Uh, for having uh, having me out and uh, enabling me to uh, to talk. Anything before we go, Mossy? Yes. Uh, did these kids know who you are? Well, thankfully, uh, they showed a video before. Because and 1994 was a long time ago. Not only were they not born, but many of their parents probably were just being born. I was just happy that the video was in color. All right. Uh, but yes, there was a lot of hair that they saw flying around. And then there, there's, there are now multiple generations that have no idea of me running around on the field. Uh, they look at me much more in terms of screaming and yelling on a, on a, on a TV and talking about uh, soccer. That's, that's cool. I'm actually proud that I've been able to, to do that. But yes, none of them knew me as a soccer player by any stretch of the imagination. And certainly none of them ever saw, uh, ever saw me play. But that's okay because they're still part of the family and start, uh, part of that club. But one of them did say, hey, it's the guy from Switching Goals. There you go. All right, my friend. What a way to end it. Listen, thank you for uh, watching. Thank you for reviewing and rating and subscribing and doing all the different things that you do. As I've mentioned, uh, as I mentioned last week, uh, I am going to be down and out. I just picked up my Oxy prescription from the uh, from the uh, from uh, the the drugstore, and uh, I will have my knee replacement, and hopefully I will be back in your ears and eyes as quickly as I possibly can. Uh, there is some uh, obviously rehabilitation that has to that has to happen, and plenty of pain, uh, plenty of pain, thus the uh, the medications there, but. Uh, it had to be done. So wish me well, my friend, uh, and we will see you, Mossy, and you uh, on the other side next week when we come back. And until then, and as always, size the day.